everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Today, I have a very special episode. This week, I'm doing something a little different, and I'm airing an interview that I actually did on a Brave New Man's podcast. As you listen into this interview, you'll hear my friend Greg Woodhill interview me about what men are getting right, what men are getting wrong, and advice for how to have a better relationship and communication. We discuss how the masculine and feminine polarities exist in all of us and how we can celebrate these differences in all our relationships. This episode guides us through how to best relate to our partners in a way that they need us to relate to them and how to truly know each other through intimate conversations. I'm really proud of my friend, Greg. I know Greg from my grad school days. We went to the University of Santa Monica together where we received our master's degree in spiritual psychology. And... Greg went on to become a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he strongly believes that true psychological and emotional growth can occur in a safe environment, which he provides for his clients. And he launched this A Brave New Man podcast to really dive into what's going on with men. And again, what are they getting right? What are they getting wrong? And how can they move forward? Since most of his clients are men. You can check out other episodes of his podcast if you go to gregwoodhill.com slash podcast. That link is in the show notes. I really encourage you. He's interviewing some incredible people, including my fiance, and the conversations are just really informative and juicy. One other announcement before we dive in, I am coming to the East Coast. I'm teaching my first workshop at the Omega Institute. I'd love for you to join me there. Most of my teaching is on the West Coast, so it's the only time this year that I'm coming to the East Coast. I don't have any other trips planned. Come join me. Just Google Omega Institute and my name, and you'll find the workshop. It's in mid-June. I hope to see you there. All right, and now on to my interview with Greg Woodhill. Christine Hassler, welcome to the podcast. It's so exciting to be here. I have known you for a very long time. Like and how long? 13 years? We've probably. known each other for about 13 years. That is a long time. It is. And one thing I know about you is that you walk your talk. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Oh, thank you. So because of your extensive work with men, women, and relationships, I just figured you were the perfect person to really talk about what's happening today with masculinity and relationships. And thanks again for being here. Sure thing. Let's just start with a pretty complex and simple question. Okay. What today are men getting right? I think men are getting a lot right. Okay. I think they're getting more right than they're getting acknowledged for, both by society and by their partners. Okay. So- the biggest thing that I think men are getting right is they're looking at what they're getting wrong. Oh, more than ever before. More than ever before. Okay. They're finally willing to go, you know what? Maybe the old way of doing things isn't working. Maybe I do need to treat people, especially women, a little differently. Perhaps I need to feel some of my feelings. Yeah. Men are waking up. Humans are waking up. And it seems like women generally speaking, I'm going to speak in generalities. There's Good. no absolutes in anything that I'm saying. Sure. Generally speaking, have been kind of at the forefront of the personal development work in terms of really dealing with the more emotional levels. And that's largely because of wiring and conditioning. Mm. Women, it's been more acceptable for us to feel our feelings and be emotional. And yeah. men, I think up until now, haven't really had permission to not be strong and stoic. And so men have 
just repress so many of their feelings. And that's resulted in a lot of aggression and things that upset, especially women, about men. Yes. So I think the biggest thing that men are getting right is they realize that they don't know everything <laughs> and that even though we've been in more of a masculine paradigm, it hasn't been the healthy masculine. Yeah. And they're willing to shift. They're willing to grow and they're willing to change. So men are looking at their behavior, not their own, that true, but also throughout history yes. and saying, we also now are seeing the inequity and yeah. the the instability of, of the way that we've shown up as a gender yes. and realizing that there are things they need to change. I think men are taking more responsibility than ever before. Okay. I think that if we look back into the feminist movement, men were willing to kind of let women in, you know, mm. and be like, all right, fine, you can play too, yeah. but it's still our playing field. Yeah. And now more than ever, men are like, wait a second, maybe these rules of the game or these this, the way we've set things up isn't actually the best for anyone. Right. So I see more responsibility and more willingness than ever before. Do you think it's enough? <sighs> no, not yet. Okay. But I, I would say that about all humans. I would say generally we're all still pretty asleep and because the way our current world is set up with millions of distraction options, sure. our phone just being one of the millions of rabbit holes we can go down in terms of distraction, Absolutely. but we still live in a world where external things, success, money, how we look, what we have, material possessions mean more than anything else. We still value those things a lot. And we still, so many of us source our value from those things mm -hmm. and we're addicted to those things. We also, I think are in a bit of a spiritual crisis because I think that's the other thing that technology has done living in these small nuclear families, not being in tribes, everyone kind of being so spread out, people losing trust in religion it's led to a bit of a spiritual crisis. So people are feeling less connected than ever before. They're, right. they're connected in terms of their Wi-Fi, but they're <laughs> not really connected to other human beings. Yes. So in terms of, is it enough? Well, where's the question? Come? Is it enough to save the planet? Is it enough to move us around quickly? I don't really know, but I feel like we need, and this is why I love podcasts like this. We need more and more and more people willing to take a look at themselves because yeah. people talk about wanting to change the world. You, you can't change the world unless you deal with your own shit first, but that's where it all needs to begin. And if we come back to men, I think men tend to be fighters and they tend to look for a problem to solve and they tend to externalize a lot of their problems. And coming back to what I was saying earlier for the first time, not the first time, but now more than ever, yeah. men are willing to, to look inside yeah. and fight their own inner battles instead of just fighting the outer battles. When you talk about words like awake and asleep, what do you mean by those terms? What does it mean to be awake? Well, I think awake you're not a victim of your circumstances. Mm. You you don't see life as happening to you. Hmm. You see life as happening as you and for you and really by you. And being awake to me also means you have some psychological understanding of yourself. You know, we don't end up the way we are by accident. It's mm. not all nature. Yeah. It's very much our environment. It's very much our core issues and our wounds. And so much of the personality we construct is based on our pain. And so to me, when we're awake, we're seeing everything. We're not just seeing through the limited lens of the right now and what's happening outside of me. Mm -hmm. We're seeing internally through the lens of what is everything that's happened to me thus far that makes me react and behave and feel the way I do. And, and asleep would be 
again, that victim consciousness, thinking everything happens to you, not really willing to take personal responsibility or taking too much personal responsibility and thinking everything's your fault and there's no way out and you can't do anything. Or you just want to blame everyone else. You want to blame the government. You want to blame your partner. You want to blame your parents. And there's no level of personal responsibility. Sure. So assuming that the way I've always lived and the way I feel and the patterns I have, it's just the way it is. Exactly. Okay. That's the, that's the way it is and I can't do anything about it and it's your fault. Sure. <laughs> that sounds like a not very great way. Yeah. Well, then what now, and this is a pretty broad question, and I, I know you, you celebrate men. You celebrate the yeah. masculine as much as you celebrate absolutely. femininity. I celebrate well. it within me and in the world. Yes, absolutely. So I mean this question with a lot of curiosity. I obviously sitting across from you here am a man, and I ask with a lot of love for my own gender and my own masculinity, what right now are men getting wrong that you see? Well, what men are getting wrong from my point of view is continuing to think the old way is the right way. Mm. continuing to believe that the more money I have, the more power I have, the more women I have, the more successful I am. Yeah. And as long as, especially power is a driving motivator for men, they're going to mess up. And by mess up, I mean, be aggressive, be um, abusive, emotionally, physically, sexually, whatever it may be. Yeah. And kind of, again, but be asleep because when you're chasing power, you have to exert so much force. So as long as men are still chasing power and validation, they're going to mess up. And they're and by messing up, it's like they're going to perpetuate the wounding that the masculine has inflicted. Mm -hmm. And let's just also say it's not just men who perpetuate masculine wounding. No question. We I have masculine and feminine inside of me. You do too. Mm -hmm. So there are people in female bodies that lean more into their masculine energy and, and also quote unquote, get things wrong. Well, for people who are hearing us for the first time, Christine, can you talk more about what you mean by the masculine energy and the feminine energy? Because it's a common understanding, yeah. a common misunderstanding yeah. that masculine and feminine have to do with I'm either male or female. And we know there's so much more to it. So much more to it and probably more than I can unpack in this episode. <laughs> right. But just like, okay, a lot of people have probably heard we have a right and left brain. We have a right hemisphere that's responsible for certain, certain things. We have a left hemisphere that are responsible for certain things, and but they're both part of the brain. Yes. And they're both important. And and a lot of times it's more, you need more right brain dominance. A lot of times you need more left brain. And yes. some people are more right brain. Some people are more left brain. So we can think of masculine and feminine energy as these two expressions in our body and in our psyche that represent different things. And we all, we both have, we all have both. Yes. And it's important for them to be balanced. Now, People in a female body tend to have a little more access to their feminine energy. People in a male body tend to have a little more access to their masculine energy. Again, these are generalizations. So when we think of masculine energy, it's about really linear focus. It's about getting things done. It's about direction, decisiveness, decision, presence. So much of the masculine is holding presence. Mm. The feminine energy is more about creativity, receptivity, compassion, intuition, vulnerability. So you can see that even if you're a man, you're going to have creativity. You're going to have compassion. You're going to have these feminine qualities. Does that make you a feminine man? No. It just makes you someone balanced within these energies. And we also have these shadow expressions of the masculine and feminine. So for the masculine, it's that aggression. Yep. It's the the force for power. It's, it's using force and power 
and strength like against people. Yeah. It's the the abuse, the hurting, the the really just taking over with that with that kind of power. Shadow sides of the feminine are things like manipulation, um, using sexual energy for gain. Mm. Um, a little bit of the victim energy is a little bit in that feminine energy. So neither one is better or worse. Sure, it's important that they're in harmony. And then if we look at that externally expressed, that's why it's so important for men and women to be in harmony. And I think back to our USM days, outer experience is a reflection of inner reality. So I think the reason why there's so much tension between men and women right now is because it's a reflection of how conflicted we are inside with our masculine and feminine energy. And I see that a lot, Christine, in men being conflicted. I work mostly with men. I think so that tends to be what I know most about and where my bias lies, that men are so conflicted with feeling, embracing, and understanding their feminine side. They've been bullied, they've been abused and tortured throughout their lives. Anytime they show something that is feeling or creative, and so it's beaten out of, it's not beaten out of them, but they just find a way to really suppress it. Yeah, and, I think and that's often it is beaten out, you know, like, or Literally beaten or fe- in. <laughs> yeah, that's right, sure. Yeah. Okay, so they're afraid of it. They're afraid yeah. of allowing themselves to be in their feminine side, even though, like you said, it has nothing to do with them being like a woman nope. in any way. So when there are times, if I'm understanding you correctly, when I, as a man, I'm going to feel a natural drive uh, as part of me to be driven, right? To be, to, yep. and when that is taken to an extreme and without taking anyone else into consideration, that's when it becomes harmful. That's when it becomes about power. Exactly. It it all is about the come from. So if I'm driven because I want to compensate for where I feel insecure and I feel like my self-worth as a man comes from having power over other people, unhealthy. But if I'm driven because I have a mission and I have a vision and I have something that I'm passionate about and something that matters to me, that's a different kind of drive. So drive itself is not unhealthy. What's fueling the drive, that's where the distinction really lies between what's healthy and what's unhealthy. Yes. And so the question that somebody can ask themselves, a man can ask himself is, is what is fueling my drive how would you say it? I would say, is it compensatory? So, so many of the men that I work with, because a lot of my private clients are men in their 40s and 50s who's, who've reached a high level of success, yet they're still not fulfilled. <laughs> Often their relationships have fallen apart. They feel like they missed out on their kid's life. They feel spiritually disconnected. Um, and, and they feel a lot of stress and anxiety. And they can't get out of the cycle of, well, let me just do another business. Let me just make more money. Let me just go do another thing that gives me some kind of feeling of worth because sure. that's really what power is connected to is we're all we're all looking for love and worthiness and feeling proud mm-hmm. and for so many people in general but it's especially men for women we get so much validation for how we look uh, yes. again generally speaking and men it's like what you do so if you're a kid and you really did well in sports and you got dad's approval when you did well in sports, then you have it wired that if you don't win, you're a loser. Like you're not just a loser at the game, but just a loser in life. And you don't get validation. You don't get approval. You don't get dad's love. Sure. And we deify our parents. So anything that we had to do to get their love feels like a lifetime sentence. Like we need to do this for the rest of our life. Otherwise- we're not safe, we're not loved, we're not validated. So when you say deify, you mean we think of them as gods. Exactly. It, it's our first It's our first example of what a god is. And if 
they are not loving me the way I want to be loved, then it must be something that I'm doing wrong. Exactly. We don't realize that they're fallible human beings with their own shit. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So back to what I was saying about men is it gets wired super early that doing is my worth. Yeah. Feeling, no. Like, I do. I do. I do. That's how I get approval. That's how I stand out in society. That's how I get women. That's how, whatever it may be. So so much for men, if so much of that drive is because they're looking for a sense of self-worth. You know, they're really looking, they're looking for love through doing. And this is one of the dynamics that can get frustrating in health in heterosexual relationships is the man is out working, 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 thinking that's how he loves and that's how he get loves. And the woman's going, why don't we ever talk? Like, I want time with you. Put down your phone. But that again, it's because the messaging is so different. And what we're what we're chasing, what we're really all chasing is love. Yeah. But what we're actually what we think we're chasing isn't getting us the result that we actually desire. Correct. But we keep chasing it. It's like a dog chasing yes. his tail. So what do you tell that guy? Well, first. I would tell that man, I'm really proud of you. Mm. Really, really proud of you. And so you're saying if you were his partner, if I was that's his one partner. of the things you would say, okay, yeah. I'm really and, proud and of you. And I would, I would ask him to see if he could talk about what he's proud of. Mm. And as a partner, and this is something that women mess up, is we get into our masculine energy when communicating with a masculine man, and then you've got two men in the relationship duking it out. And that doesn't work well. You know, I, I start, studied a lot of Alison Armstrong's work after my divorce because I was like, well, I didn't get that right. <laughs> and one of the things that I did a lot in my marriage was emasculate my ex-husband. I see. Subtly. Right. Just little things like, are you going to wear that? You know, just little, little things that I still catch myself on today and, and adjust. So the first thing I would do is not emasculate him and, and not, not be his psychiatrist or therapist or coach and just really start acknowledging him for his qualities and Mm. who he is and making less demands because the more demands you make of a man, the more he feels like he's not doing enough. And the more that pattern of a God, do, 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 do more is going to be perpetuated. So really acknowledgement, really showing with your feelings, how just his presence impacts you. You you get so much farther with men, people, but especially men with validation, with acknowledgement, with collecting evidence for everything they're doing right. And in doing so, that brings out more of the healthy masculine? Yes, that totally brings out more of the healthy masculine. And that helps the man see himself more. You know, And I've seen this in my relationship with Stephanos. When I tell him what I see, when I acknowledge him, when I speak to the parts of him that may feel insecure, when I speak, because even though I'm in a relationship with a 37-year-old man, there's a little boy in there. Yeah who didn't feel like he was doing enough. And this, I think, is an important thing for all people in relationships is you've got to know your partner's wounding. Okay. You've got to know their background yeah. and you've got to be able to love them the way they need to be loved, not the way you want to be loved. Beautiful. So really understanding that. 
And that's a two-person system. Yes. So in intimacy is going to be, I'm going to show you all of who I am. I want to know all of who you are. And we're going to love each other in a deeper way because we know and love all those things exactly. about each other. Okay. Exactly. So it takes each of us sharing with the other what our wounding is, what yep. our core wounds are in order to be able to love yep. and nurture those yeah. wounds. Okay. Yeah. And so for example, I know he had a dad that hit him mm-hmm. and treated him like a piece of shit and really didn't say he was proud of him very much. And I am very proud of him yes. and what he does. And I make sure to acknowledge and validate him, not when he's achieving something, but really validate and acknowledge how he shows up and just who he is and the qualities yeah. to help him feel really safe in knowing that his worth is more than what he does or what he can provide physically. Okay. Beautiful. So that's kind of a little advice. There's more to that, but that's a good starting point for relationships. It's, it's tremendous. So going back to some of the things we've learned throughout the years that healing is the application of love to the places inside that hurt, as we learned at University of Santa Monica. So step one, finding out where inside is it hurting. Step two, dousing those places with love from the outside and eventually from the inside as well. And so much compassion. I think the, the other thing I've learned with working with men, and it's different than working with women, is men really appreciate psychology. Mm. Men like to know how things work. And so when I explained to them based on their wounding, like what developmental stages they missed or how we deify our parents, and that's a very common psychological and emotional response, it gives them pieces to the puzzle that make understanding themselves better. Because if you just tell a man, you have to feel your feelings, how did that make you feel? They're like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh," which I think a lot of men know, I know you're, you're not like this, but a lot of men get frustrated in therapy Mm. because they're like, I just sit there and someone asks me how I feel. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel. Sure. So underdeveloped muscle. Exactly. So really how I like to approach men is let's just be a, let's just be a researcher. Mm. Let's just, let's be curious. I have found if I really help men get in that place of curiosity and connecting their own dots and asking questions while also inserting some psychological information that helps them explain things and also makes them feel not alone. Because the other thing is men don't talk to other men about this stuff a lot. Correct. And so when I say this is a very common thing for a man never to feel like father was proud of him and most successful CEOs I know businessmen I know had a father who they were always chasing his approval. Sure. Now they just wanted daddy to say, I'm so proud of you. Yes. And the problem is that those CEOs aren't getting in a room together and talking about the fact that they all had this core wounding. Exactly. They're talking about their bottom line or they're talking about their culture. They're talking about, you know, maybe issues they're having with personnel, but they're not talking about what truly drives them. Sure. And I think that's another... in terms of what men are getting wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. is being really honest about what drives you. Because you can say until you're blue in the face, I want to make a difference and like I want to provide for my family. And yes, all those things may be true, but look deeper. Mm-hmm. Like what has what is the fuel, what's the insecurity that's part of the drive? And the other thing I want to say to men is you can heal that insecurity and still have your ambition. Yes. That's, it's not going to take your drive away. Yeah. And that's what a lot of men are afraid of. They're afraid that if I get all mushy and talk about my feelings and like, you know, uh, then I'm not going to have any drive Yeah, because it is, it, it does light a fire. 
Well, can I ask you about relationships as far as men that you were? And I imagine that a lot of the men that you work with, of course, on their business life, you're also working on them in their relationships. Oh, yeah. And the women that you work with and their relationships, what is the number one mistake you see men making in romantic relationships? Oh, I can only give one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where it goes. Um, first of all, I believe there are a lot of good men out oh. there. And usually the men that are coming and talking to me are good men, meaning they have good morals. They aren't out there abusing people, especially women. They aren't sexist or racist or any of those things yeah. uh, or deceitful or any of those things. So what I see a lot of good men do is just take it, just take being emasculated, take not speaking up for themselves just and just like brush things under the rug and brush things under the rug and just shut down. So the number one issue I would say I see with men is shut down. Shut down. Okay. So instead of shutting down, they would speak their truth. Yeah. Well, first they got to understand themselves, right? So I think speaking truth t- takes a bit. Takes knowing your truth. Yeah. It ta- it, well, and it takes knowing you're shut down. Okay. Because that's the other thing with the masculine paradigm is that it's socially acceptable for men to be shut down. Let's just go have a beer and talk about sports and superficial stuff yes. and numb ourselves. Yeah. And so that's the first thing is to realize, wait a second, I'm shut down. I had a a friend of mine get really sick and he was in the hospital and he was just like, yeah, I just am so disconnected from my health and body. I just was popping like pain relievers and, you know, didn't even realize I was as sick as I was. And that's the blessing and the curse of being a man. There's a strong constitution that often comes with the male body. However, (laughs) it can be a liability as well because it can make it easier for men to just basically put on a coat of armor. So that coat of armor, it's an interesting term because it can feel like a coat of armor, but I think it's part of what you were saying is somebody can suppress only so long or they can put on that facade for only so long and meanwhile things are festering uh, beneath the surface. So. I've heard you say a couple times now that one of the things that you say that men can do if they find themselves, you know, first of all, just asking the question, yeah, am I suppressing, am I shut down yeah. or taking it, yeah. taking it and, and resenting and not really allowing how they feel to be expressed to their partner or to anybody right. that they ask themselves first these questions of, am I in my truth inside of myself? Right. Am I aware of everything that's happening inside of me? And who can I talk to or how can I, what doors can I open up inside of me to really understand who I am yeah. so that I can speak my truth to a partner yeah. or otherwise? Yeah. Well, another big mistake I see men make in relationship, let's say this, another big pattern yeah. I see come up with men in relationship is wanting to fix problems and wanting to, f- when their woman comes to them, they just want to fix it. Yeah. So more listening, less fixing. And really being able to hold space for the feminine because, and this is how men can really learn to hold space for the feminine inside of them is to actually hold space for their woman to like be with your woman if she's crying or if she's upset and, and just, just hold space and just, and by holding space, what I mean is don't get defensive. Don't talk back. Don't interrupt. Don't check out. Really just be there. Like really be present. And instead of trying to offer advice or fixing, just say, what else? What else? What else? And then she'll finally get to the end of her emotional release. And then 
you can say as a man, what do you need now? Mm. And men might be thinking, well, I can't just sit there and let my wife attack me. This is not taking abuse from your wife or your partner. Agreed. This is more the pattern of a, a woman. It's interesting. I'm looking at a hot air balloon outside my window <laughs> and I actually use the metaphor that women are like hot air balloons and men are like dressers. Uh-huh. Meaning women, it just like all goes in, every stoke of the fire goes in one inflated container and it's all in our heads and it's mm. all in our space. And it's just like, ah. Wow. And men are better at drawers. So this is the work drawer. I'm going to pull this drawer out and I'm going to focus on that. And I know if I pull too many drawers out at once, the dresser topples over. So I'm just going to close this marriage drawer so I can focus on the work drawer. And women are not as great, again, generally speaking, as that compartmentalization. So men, you have to realize that sometimes there are these hot air balloon moments where it's just like, and you just really need to hold. Yes. Like you just got to hold. I like how you describe a hold because- It is an instinct in men, men that I've known, I know this in myself and men that I've worked with, that they want to do something. They want to take out a hammer and a wrench and they want to fix it. And I've said over and over again, to just listen, to hear her with your heart, let your brain be there, but let your brain just kind of observe, listen to her with your heart, be curious, empathize, imagine what it's like to be her. You are fixing it infinitely more than if you told her 10 things she could do that would quote unquote solve her problem right now. Totally. So holding is the way that you're, that you're describing it. So that is the number one thing men can do in relationships as I'm hearing from you right now to make their relationship, if they're in relationship with a woman better is to hold space, is to listen and to stop telling themselves that there's something they need to do and go fix in order to make the, uh, their partner okay. Yeah. It's making her feel safe. Yeah. Making you know, her feel making safe. Making her feel safe. And I, I see this so much in my relationship. Like he will just sit and listen and be present. And I can tell he's listening. I can tell he's not, his mind isn't wandering. Yeah. He's not thinking of what to say to me. And he's a coach, so he could easily go into fix it mode. He's learned that if he just holds a space and helps me feel safe, eventually I actually get to my own answers. That's right. So my last question, Christine, is, is there one thing that women could do right now if they're dating men or whoever they date that could improve their relationships immediately, like you said for the men? So I said earlier that one of the best things that Stephanos does for me is make me feel safe. Women, we are wired to constantly be on alert for when we are not safe. And so part of the way that we do that is we judge. We're like, is this okay? Is this okay? We're, we're always on the look. We, it's almost like we're on the lookout for the negative yeah. because we are, quote unquote, the more vulnerable gender. And so part of how we feel safe in our environment is we scan and we judge and we control. That is not good to do in an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. So for women... Find safety in other ways. Find, do your own inner work to find safety inside yourself so that you can be less judgy, less nitpicky, deal with your own anger and rage because irritability and bitchiness in women is just repressed anger. Mm -hmm. Watch your own inner critic because that's when we criticize others, especially our man, it's just our own inner critic being leaky. So the more you love yourself as a woman, the more you're going to show up for your man. And stop collecting evidence against him. Like it's amazing how women just scan for, he didn't do this and he didn't do this and he didn't do this and he didn't do this. And then that's all you pay attention to. And then it just creates more of it. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's like really, really acknowledge and validate. And you will see, 
and I see this so much in my relationship. And and now like I, it's not because I'm trying to manipulate or get him to do what I want. It's because it feels so much better to acknowledge and appreciate your man than to criticize him. Sure. And if what you focus on expands, then when you're focusing on what you love, more of that is going to show up. Absolutely. Christine Hassler. Greg Woodhill. You are walking your talk. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Uh, Where can people find you either online or social media where they can learn more about you and what you do? So if they go to christinehassler.com, they can get my free coaching assessment. I'm on Instagram. It's my favorite social media. And then they can listen to my podcast over it and on with it where I coach people live on the air. Yes, which is fantastic. And I've heard it many, many times. Will you come back and see us again? Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much. 